But bam. Let's talk about Mere Christianity, Chapter 5. Yeah. Good stuff. Finally, it's the end of Book 1. Yeah. Um, Making good progress which here. Which I think... Okay, yeah. So the first two books in here, Book 1 and 2, are both uh, broadcast talks. So we're halfway through the radio talks, um, and we are finally... At the point where he starts to introduce Christianity into yeah. it a little bit. And he does spend the first half of this chapter really just trying to pump the brakes a little <laughs> bit and keep people from jumping to conclusions and saying, you yeah. know, he starts, he's like, hold on, we're not, we're not at a Christian God yeah. yet. Um, he says, we have not yet got as far as the God of any actual religion, mm -hmm. still yet, still less the God of that particular religion called Christianity. We have only got so far as somebody or something behind the moral law. Mm. Um, and so he, and he keeps saying stuff like that um, through the first few paragraphs, really just trying to pump the brakes a little bit. I love this sentence. You may even have thought that I played a trick on you, that I had been carefully wrapping up uh, to look like philosophy what turns out to be more religious jaw. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And he said, like, hold on. Don't just, like... Stop listening. Don't stop listening just because now we've... <clears throat> I've mentioned that there's a force behind nature. Mm -hmm. There's something out there beyond uh, the material world and say, oh, wait, this is one of those guys that's mm -hmm. now just going to start talking about, uh, you know, God and faith and everything. He says, hold on, we're, we're, <laughs> we're taking our time here. Um, and yeah, we're nowhere near getting mm -hmm. to that yet. And that really is more of the radio broadcast than the book itself, I think, because anybody who was would be surprised by Christianity, yeah. a book titled <laughs> Mere Christianity, is not paying enough attention. Yeah, I had to remind myself of that, too. But I love, um, at the end of that first paragraph, he starts talking about that, um, and he talks about how people feel like, I tried religion, and I didn't like it, so I'm yeah. done, you know, or... My parents tried to get me to be Christian, and mm -hmm. I didn't like it, so, you know, whatever. I've moved past that, yeah. I guess, they think. And I, right. And he puts, um, you may have felt that you were ready to listen to me so long as you thought I had anything new to say, but it turns out to be only religion. Well, the world has tried that, and you cannot put the clock back. If anyone is feeling that way, I should like to say three things to him. First, as to putting the clock back... Would you think I was joking if I said that you can put a clock back and that if the clock is wrong, it is very often the sensible thing to do? <laughs> I love that. Um, he goes on to talk about progress. Mm -hmm. um, and he says, progress means getting nearer to the place where you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turn, then going forward doesn't get you any nearer. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we need to set the clock back or admit that we've made a mistake or we might have missed something. Yeah. And if we're going down the wrong road, the quickest way to get where we're going is to turn around and go back to the other direction. Yeah. You know? Just the fact that you're ignorant enough to think you're making progress doesn't mean 
you're making progress in the wrong direction. Yeah. You gotta, like, take some time to evaluate, and then, yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's... And I constantly be reevaluating as you go on with your yeah. life, too. You and, know, like, you never know Unfortunately, it means sometimes you gotta not only stop, but what he says is you gotta stop, and sometimes you gotta turn back and go the other mm-hmm. way before you can then start making actual progress. And yeah. what made the most sense, the analogy that he used here was like the doing arithmetic, doing some math. And so if you're doing lots of math and you get the first problem wrong and you know, they're all tied into that one. If you get the first one wrong, all the rest of them are going to be wrong. Like mm-hmm. there's not a single point in moving forward until you go all the way back to the beginning mm-hmm. and like start fresh there. Exactly. So that's his reason for kind of saying, well, maybe religion is worth another shot here if we take it back all the way to the beginning. Like, start at ground zero and see where we can get getting a fresh perspective on this. He says, we're not talking about anything from the Bible or the churches. We're trying to see what we can find about this somebody in our own steam. Mm. And I want to make it clear, quite clear that what we find in our own steam is something that gives us a shock. <laughs> so talking about not taking anything from the churches, but mm. just carefully and slowly, step by step, yeah. based off this this moral law that we find within ourselves. Yeah. What does that teach us? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that and the... And the... The, create, the world, the universe yeah. that's so that's the us. two things we he talks about we can learn from, the two bits of evidence. One is the universe, and the other is this moral law. Um, if we use the universe as our only clue... Lewis writes, then I think we should have to conclude that he was a great artist, for the universe is a very beautiful place, mm. but also that he is quite merciless and no friend to man, for the universe is a very dangerous and terrifying place. Mm. The other bit of evidence is the moral law, which he has put into our minds, and this is a better bit of evidence than the other, because it has inside information. You find out more about God from the moral law than from the universe in general, just as you find more about a man by listening to his conversation than by looking at a house he has built. Hmm. So, <clears throat> I thought that was really interesting because, like, I feel hesitant to talk about God in that way. But I think he's, I think there's a lot of, like, it's probably good. And it's like a fresh new thing. I like what he's saying here because I feel like we get, it's so tempting just to talk about God he calls it soft soap, I think. Mm-hmm. Talk about God's soft soap and just, oh, yeah, you know, he's kind. Uh, I am a friend of God. Yeah. <laughs> Real friendly, super mm-hmm. nice. And it's like, well, from what we have already, which is the universe and the moral law, right now it's shaping up to look pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. He did create a beautiful universe, but also a very terrifying, stark, yeah. <laughs> dangerous place for and- humans mm-hmm. to be and i like that he acknowledges that too because that's something that i hear as an argument against god or against mm-hmm. christianity a right. lot is that well if god was good then the world wouldn't be such a messed up place or yeah. such a terrifying place yeah. it's like okay we acknowledge the world there yeah. are terrible things that happen and it's scary and overwhelming and yeah. you know all those things we're not ignorant to that fact mm-hmm. and we still come to the conclusion that God is real and that he cares about us. And so we're, you know, he takes that into consideration and then explains that we can still move forward from there. That's not the end of the discussion. Yeah. Um, And then he also talks about the the moral law. What do we learn about mm -hmm. the mind behind the universe? 
from the moral law, and well, it's that he he talks about goodness. Yeah, here. he says he, if you know, based off this moral law, we can learn that this this person that has put this in us very clearly cares about how we behave. He mm. cares about is intensely interested in right conduct, as Lewis puts it, mm-hmm. in fair play, unselfishness, courage, good faith, honesty, and truthfulness. In that sense, we should agree with the account given by Christianity and some other religions that God is good, but do not let us go too fast here. The moral law does not give us any grounds for thinking that God is good in the sense of being indulgent or soft or sympathetic. Mm. There's nothing indulgent about the moral law it is as hard as nails. It tells you to do the straight thing and does not seem to care how painful or dangerous or difficult it is to do. You know, it tells you this is the way you need to behave and that's it. It doesn't care. That's all you get. That's it, yeah. Um, and then that means that the fact that none of us are able to perfect, perfectly follow this moral law that's inside of us is pretty serious because that means we're going against the will of this somebody yeah who is behind everything and he makes an interesting point like at the same time you kind of agree with the moral law yeah like you find yourself hating the bad in the people around you Mm -hmm. like yeah people who you know wrong others or just evil we can kind of sympathize and like man that's that's tough but then we also are part of the bad exactly we, you know are constantly it's like we doing the wrong thing as well want him to be just um and at the same time we want uh, some some yes. room some wiggle room for ourselves yeah we you want know justice for all except ourselves because mm-hmm. we also need justice but and, we know also that if we got that that forgiveness, that little bit of wiggle room, it doesn't mean we would be able to be perfect from that point on. Mm. We would continue to yeah. fall short. Yeah. Liz talks about how, like, we're the one person we need to be our ally, we're constantly making our enemy mm-hmm. by failing to live up to this moral law. And that's the thing. God is good. And Lewis says, we know that, that unless the power behind the world really and utterably detests that sort of behavior, talking about, you know, the doing wrongdoings, then he cannot be good. Mm. You know, if he is really 100% good, then he has to hate the evil. Yeah. Right? It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it works. Uh, And he says, if he's not a good God, then everything's pretty much pointless. He says something like that in here. Let me find the exact quote. So it was an interesting point. Yeah, he said, if the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all our efforts in the long run are, are, are hopeless. Yeah. But if it is, then we're making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day and are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow. And so our case is hopeless again. Mm. And he says, this is where Christianity comes in. Yeah. You know, once we realize that there is something someone out there that is above this and has given us this moral law Mm -hmm. and that we are unable to follow this moral law we are unable to be good people yeah then this is where christianity comes in this is where the gospel comes in yeah um and we hear the good news yeah (laughs) you know and Uh, 
And he talks about how like lots of people have heard when they first hear about Christianity and God, it starts off with, well, he forgives you. Mm -hmm. But really what he says is like, really, we got to start a step back from that and understand that we need forgiveness. Exactly. Understand the fact that we're not living up to mm-hmm. the moral law, that we aren't um, able to be good, and we aren't able to like look in the face of a good God. He talks about, like people think of how great it would be to just see goodness. Mm-hmm. But it's a terrifying thing at the same exactly. time because it shows our own failure to mm-hmm. be good. As well. Yeah, supreme goodness, I underlined where Lewis said, goodness is either the great safety or the great danger according to the way you react to it. Yeah. And we have been reacting the wrong way because hmm. we have not been following that moral law. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of Lewis's book, um, Chronicles of Narnia, or the mm-hmm. series, and then The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is, is, you've probably heard this before. This is a pretty famous quote from that book from Mr. Beaver. Um, where I don't remember which one of the children asks him about Aslan. And Aslan is, is the representation of God in the series. And they ask Mr. Beaver, well, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, safe? Of course he's not safe, but he is good. Hmm. And it's this, this God that has this ultimate power and ultimate goodness is is a terrifying thought if we take it seriously. Because what did Lewis say? We already said this, but, but he cannot really be good unless he utterly detests that sort of behavior, mm. right? Um, which means that he can't just overlook it and yeah. forgive you by overlooking your sin. Because mm-hmm. um, that would be unfair. That's that would be injustice. unfair. That's unjust, exactly. Yeah. And God is just. Um, it means that he he might want to, mm-hmm. but he can't do that un- and still be perfectly yeah, good. Can't be good. Um, there has to be a punishment mm-hmm. and a sacrifice, and yeah. that is where Christ steps in. Um, that's the gospel. And Lewis, on the last page here, chapter five, says talking about Christianity and the. Christian doctrine says they tell you how the demands of this law which you and I cannot meet have been met on our behalf how God himself becomes a man to save man from the disapproval of God Mm. because God knew that he was the only one that could be perfect and live a perfect life and that he sent himself his son Mm. in the form of Jesus to die on the cross for us and take that punishment yeah I like, there's a verse, Romans 5:20. Now the law came to increase the trespass, um, came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Mm-hmm. And so one way to understand how good the good news is of the gospel is to look at how good grace is and how good salvation is. But another way to understand it in like, to me, it's more meaningful is to understand exactly like the depravity, depravity of man, mm. how far we were, how at odds, like not only just not doing it, but completely at odds on the wrong side of the battlefield. <laughs> like we weren't just like losing the battle. We were 
on the wrong on mm-hmm. the wrong t- team um and so yeah being we were you know every time we fail to uphold this moral law in ourselves we're battling good mm-hmm. we're going <laughs> we're, against goodness yeah that's a serious thing because mm-hmm. we also find ourselves wanting goodness and so we we desire this thing and we're also battling against it so mm-hmm. there's this huge like conflict huge need there um and people you know you have to before in lewis writes and you mentioned it too that you you have to admit that there's a problem before you are willing to accept a yeah. cure mm-hmm. lewis writes when you know you're sick you will listen to the doctor yeah um you know we have to acknowledge that there's a problem before we can or we're going to be receptive mm. um, to the answer of, uh, and I think something that a trap I guess that people fall into is is comparing themselves to other people mm. and thinking that as long as they're better than their neighbor yeah. or better than they feel like the majority of the other human beings mm. then they're good to go you know based on whatever this standard that they've come up with in their own mind. You know, I think, well, I've never killed anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm generally a good person, which must be good enough, you know, but that's completely in your own head. You've come set this moral standard based on wherever you set the bar, wherever you want it to be, basically, you know, and that's, I mean, you should be able to tell why that isn't going to work. If you set your own bar, then, it's meaningless, you know? And I think the other thing that is tempting to do is, like, not really try and just be optimistic and be like, well, if I tried to be good, I could probably could be. <laughs> yeah. But you can, you'll you never know how far you are from being truly good until you, like, commit yourself 100% and try mm-hmm. to be good. I think that's probably something I've never done. I've never tried to be 100% good, which that's not the way to salvation. I'm not saying that at all, but yeah. sometimes think, Christians try and make that the way to salvation though. And it, right. it, it's always ends up in one of two ways that I've seen somebody decides that they need to be a perfect person mm-hmm. for God to love them. They, they either end up, well, they, first off, they go as long and hard as they can yeah. working towards this idea of perfection and if at some point it's going to collapse, yeah. they're going to collapse and they end up either accepting the grace, the free gift of grace that God has given them, yeah. or they completely turn their back on God yeah. and just give up on Christianity altogether. Yeah. Um, That's interesting though. It's probably worth, worth doing like really committing and like trying to be aware of following your moral law and like really try hard mm-hmm. and see how far you get. Yeah. Don't like, <laughs> I mean, I think honestly, you'll learn if a you, lot. but if you feel like you are generally a good person without God, try your best to, to be perfect mm-hmm. and see how far you get. And when you realize that it's impossible, then maybe you'll be receptive to God's grace. Yeah. I think the key is just when you do realize that it's impossible, don't, don't think, well, it's, it's hopeless then Mm -hmm. I can't be perfect because that's the great 
that's the great thing is there's there's a hint of hope here. Yeah. I, you know, Lewis hasn't gotten there yet, but I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. There's we, hope. We well, don't want to jump ahead, I guess, which I think I was. You, there is hope. <laughs> um, I'm just excited that he's finally gotten to Christianity yeah. after five chapters. <laughs> um, but yeah. We, I guess the main point is that <clears throat> there is something like a person out there beyond the material world and they do care about how you behave mm. and none of us are behaving none of us are meeting the standard yeah. of behavior that's been set before us and that's a problem yeah yeah it the chapter title makes a lot of good sense as you once you've read the chapter it makes more sense uh what is it here? We have cause to be uneasy. We have cause to be uneasy. Yeah. That's such a good title. But yeah, the cause and the cause to be uneasy is the fact that he's a good God mm-hmm. or that it is a supreme goodness as it Lewis is, yeah. puts it. That is cause to make us it's uneasy serious because goodness. we it's, aren't, Yeah, we aren't completely good. And mm-hmm. so the fact that the creator of the universe is also a supreme goodness puts us at odds with him. Mm-hmm. And so that, if you, that doesn't make you feel uneasy, uh, <laughs> you're probably not taking it seriously enough. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think that's about it. At least that's all the wisdom I can squeeze out of it. In yeah. This little session. That uh, completes the first section of this yeah. book. There's a lot more to go. Next time we're moving on to book two titled what Christians believe, which is the second half of the radio talks. If you haven't bought a copy, if you haven't read this book before, get one. Follow along with us. Um, you can get a digital copy for like 99 cents. Yeah. Um, I prefer the physical books, but that's just me. I can't read on my phone. I always end up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it always jumps over and tells me I'm reading Instagram. <laughs> Crazy. Um, books don't do that as much. No. <laughs> they, I can never get a book to turn into Instagram. <laughs> Um, but if you guys like the episode, if you're enjoying it, please just give us a review, share it with your friends, it'll mean a lot. Um, Great. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs>